text for this morning's sermon will come from John's Gospel, uh, chapter 10. Invite you to turn with me there if you have your Bible or an app or uh, would like to read along with us on the screens, that would be fine as well. Um, Looking at John 10, reading verses 22 through 30. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one." I don't know if you've caught a theme in the passages of Scripture that we've read today from the call to worship in Revelation, Robbie leading us in reading together from the 23rd Psalm, and now these words of Jesus in John chapter 10, a lot of talk about sheep. Sheep. Now, we like the idea of calling Jesus the Good Shepherd. But if we're going to call him shepherd, then I guess that means that we have to admit that to some degree, we're going to be sheep. Sheep don't bear much real resemblance to precious moments sheep. You know, they're all cute and cuddly and... um, I got to be honest, the closest I've ever come to a real live sheep has been at the fair, but they smell, and they're noisy, and they make a mess. I have been told that sheep, quite honestly, aren't the brightest bulbs in the barn. So to take up the calling of sheep, is it something we really want to do? What might it mean to be a part of God's flock? Well, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. I have been told that even in 21st century Jerusalem, you can go into town and have shepherds with their sheep. And in the midst of all the noise of a modern city, and in the midst of other shepherds and flocks of sheep navigating, that a shepherd's flock will still recognize his voice out of all the noise going around. His sheep will hear him and respond. 
and we're called to hear his voice. Now, folks, this isn't magic, hearing audible voices, though some have, have said that they've had that experience. I've not. That doesn't mean that I still haven't sensed God's voice speaking. And I also want to say to us that it's not hard work. If anything, sometimes working too hard at it um, diminishes our ability to hear God's voice. We, we hear the voice of God best when it comes to us out of a relationship of love. We know that God's love for us is sure. The key is how much love will we invest in the relationship? That's one of the amazing things about adolescents, middle schoolers, and high schoolers, when, when they first fall in love. Although middle schoolers, the first thing they tell you is, well, I'm going out with so-and-so. And I said, well, where are you going? Well, and as parents, moms tend to know this better than dads, uh, for uh, puppy love is real if you're a puppy. Uh, but there is something about the, those early experiences of love where all they want to do is to be around that other person. They got to be up close to them. Now they've got to be on the phone with them. Got to stay in continuous communication, spending time with one another. I wonder when's the last time we've been that desperate for time alone with God? that we simply wanted to be in the presence of God. Just because we love Him. Now we hear God speak as we spend time in the Scriptures, as we spend time in prayer, as we experience worship, Sometimes through music. There was a time recently I was borrowing um, our son Stephen's truck. And the next best thing to owning a truck is having a child who has a truck. Um, and I got in and, and usually when I, I have borrowed his truck, uh, there's either something really loud and metallic that's his workout music or all country. But this time I turned it on and, and he had, you know, a, a playlist of, of Christian music and I enjoyed it. And, but I'll confess, I was a little surprised. I hadn't encountered this in Stephen's truck before. So when I got with him the next time I asked him, I said, that, that was quite a playlist that you had in your truck. He said, yeah. Some days when I'm coming home from school, I just need a little Jesus. And that was one of those days. Sometimes we hear God's voice simply as we are aware of what is going on around us. Lila's 18 months old now, and, and she goes for walks with Bo as we take the dogs out or go to check the mail. 
I had forgotten how slow 18-year-olds, 18-month-olds walk. It, it's not necessarily the physical thing, but it's because when she walks, every other step, she has to stop and look at something or pick something up and examine it or find another rock to give to me. And she caught on that I was throwing them away behind her. And so now she watches until I put them in my pocket. But in, for an 18-month-old, the world is filled with wonder. You know, it's really a shame that we outgrow that. God is at work all around us. If we'll but open our minds and our eyes and our hearts and experience His presence and watch His work and hear His voice. And sometimes we hear God's voice in the silence. We aren't very good at silence these days, are we? I can tell whenever we have a time of silent prayer in church, after about 15 seconds, I start hearing the shuffling. If we make it to 30 seconds, the throats start clearing. Somebody said to me once, well, why don't we have some music playing in the background while we have silent prayer? I said, think about that. To hear God speak in the silence, which by the way, silence is an important part of prayer. Too often our prayer time is really a recitation of our spiritual grocery list to God, ending with an amen without even giving God a chance to speak. Jesus says, My sheep know my voice, and I know them. When Jesus tells the story of the shepherd with a hundred sheep leading up to the, to the story of the man who had two sons, he says that the shepherd was missing a sheep, and so he left the ninety and nine to go and find the lost sheep. I guess in my mind, I've always figured that he was counting. But I think now that he knew his sheep. He probably knew the ones most prone to wander off and kept a special eye on them until that time came that he was missing that one out of a hundred. He missed that sheep. He knew his sheep. Eight point nine billion people populate this world. And God knows you and you and you. He knows his sheep. Now, you know, we, I was about to say we had four kids. We have four kids. But when our four kids were younger, you know, if, if I had them and we were out somewhere, somewhere I figured with four, if I got back to the meeting place was two, with two, I was batting 500. 
That would get you in the Hall of Fame. It got me in big trouble with Priscilla, and then I would have to go back and find the ones that I had let wander off. But God knows us. He knows us. Now, sometimes that scares the daylights out of me, that he knows me. He still loves me. He still loves me. Jesus says his sheep know his voice and he knows them. And he says that they follow him. The key word for being able to follow is trust. A shepherd can't be a prankster. A good shepherd doesn't one time lead the sheep up to the edge of the cliff and then lead them over the cliff. Next time they won't follow him. So shepherds are faithful. They are trustworthy. And when we are unwilling to follow Jesus, it really comes down to a matter of our inability to trust him. Psalm 23 says, He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me. And I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. We can trust Him and follow Him in obedience. And Jesus gives His sheep eternal life. Now we, we tend, I think, to put the emphasis on the last part of that statement, the eternal life end. I think we do better to go back to the, to the first part of the statement, He gives. He gives. Eternal life is a gift from God. Not something we earn, not something we deserve, but he gives us the gift of eternal life. And folks, remember, eternal life doesn't start when you die. Our eternal life starts the moment that we trust our lives to Jesus. And then at death, we simply translation from life in this world to life in his presence. In this life, we have what Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Have it to the full. Have it till it's overflowing. That's his gift for us. That we might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And nobody's going to snatch his sheep out of his hand. His sheep are secure in him. If anything seems to be changing in our world today, it's that things are becoming less and less secure. Less and less certain. And that is 
I don't know about you, but that can be destabilizing for me. I remember going to Whitewater years ago and they had the lily pads that the kids would walk on and if you stepped on one, if you were really good and could keep your balance, you could step on the next one, but the one you were stepping on was moving. Sometimes it feels like that's the way we're living. That every time we get a ding on our phone or catch a newscast or talk to a neighbor, that something that, that we thought was all taken care of, <laughs> was all secure, isn't certain anymore. But know this, folks. God's love for you is certain and secure. And there's nothing that you or anybody else can do that will snatch you out of His hand. His hold is secure. Jesus reminds them. Yeah, the one that's out there, and hear this, there, there, there is a force out there that desires to rob us of God's best for our lives. Jesus says, as strong and mighty and powerful as that force is, don't forget that the Father is greater than all. Or as John says in the epistle, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. We are His sheep. The sheep of His pasture. He is our Good Shepherd. He calls us. He knows us. He leads us, He gives us, and He protects us. What a good shepherd for sheep like us. Let's pray together. God, how we thank You for Your love for us. We thank You that like sheep, we are willful, stubborn, and too often think we know what's best for our own lives. But thank you for being patient and forgiving and strong and faithful. God, when we're hurting, help us to rest in your good care. When we are uncertain, help us to hear your voice and follow your lead. And when we are hungry, may our souls be nourished by you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Every journey, even the journey of a sheep following a shepherd, really does start with one step. In just a moment, we're going to be led in a song by our band. Uh, and I encourage you to consider what your next step of faith might be. Perhaps the first step of trusting Jesus. Perhaps 
a step of renewed commitment or a step of decision to join us in mission and ministry in this fellowship. But however you've sensed the voice of Jesus leading you, let this be your time to buy yes, to be a good and faithful and loving shepherd, sheep of the good shepherd.